I wrote uh, that prayer thinking of my wife who has often prayed, Oh God, let him ask for directions. I don't think I am the only one who, because of a misplaced sense of my own cleverness or ability, doesn't like to ask for directions. Um, This morning's message is an encouragement to God's people to go ahead and be willing to admit that we need to look elsewhere beyond ourselves even to extraterrestrial sources for guidance and direction. I'm going to be reading to you from the prophet Isaiah. He was a prophet in the Old Testament around 1689 B.C. Um, This was the time, is there a map I want to show you? This was a time in the life of Israel when the Babylonian Empire that had dominated the geopolitical situation of the day was waning and the Assyrian Empire was gaining and it was pretty apparent to most of the people as they talked at the coffee shop and things that uh, the Assyrians are going to eclipse the uh, Babylonians and people were talking about what this might mean for Israel Uh, because Israel's political leadership at the time was less than impressive we'll say and so into this this type of uncertainty and uh, uh, sometimes uh, an, an unwillingness to believe wholeheartedly in your leadership, uh, the prophet Isaiah arises. And prophets often arise in, t- in times like this. And Isaiah introduced this idea that uh, Israel and the people of God are on a journey And their purpose is to make a difference in this world. And so Isaiah wrote in the 21st chapter these two oracles, the oracle. He says, one is calling me out of Seir, the sentinel, sentinel, what of the night? And the sentinel says, morning comes and also the night. If you will inquire, inquire and come back. And later in the 25th verse, on the sixth, 26th chapter in the 6th verse, he says, The foot tramples the feet of the poor and steps on the needy. The way of the righteous is level. O oh, just one, make smooth the path of the righteous. In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and your renown are the soul's desire. My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. Listen for the word of God. So if you have heard this prophet Isaiah where he speaks to the sentinel. I've, I've had a cold all week, <clears throat> and I was going to be the traveler or to, uh, asking the sentinel, but Stephen's here. He's going to help me. So I want you to experience Isaiah's oracle as he spoke into a time where they didn't have cell towers. They had watchtowers to kind of give them good information about what's going on. Would you listen to this, one of the older hymns in the uh, ancient 1968 
United Methodist Book of Hymns. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Traveler. Thank you, Watchman. Thank you, God, for the Holy Scriptures that provide God's people with good information, good news. But sometimes if you're going to be a, a seeker and a hearer of good news, you have to know where to look for it. And we live in an age where there's lots of sources, lots of sources of news. I would put to you that uh, this Advent season, as we hang this star and say, look at the star, the watchman said, lo, the star is rising. It is the source of light and love, encouragement, and good information. Uh, last week, I got together with a group of pastor friends of mine. And I don't know if you knew it, but uh, on uh, Thursday night last week, there was a meteor shower. It's called the Unicorn Meteor Shower. And um, it was an unexpected meteor shower because uh, apparently just a few minutes, one side or the other of our orbit around the sun could have made the difference between hundreds of meteors and a few meteors or no meteors. Nonetheless, I gather with some of my clergy friends. These are people who have dedicated their lives to the reading of Holy Scripture. And we get together, and we got together, and this is uh, the Reverend Bradley Delaney, the Reverend Joe Carson, the Reverend John Haynes. We had a couple of other preachers around. Uh, we got together. We built a big fire. We laid on the ground from about 11 o'clock to 11.45, and we talked about you people. Preachers talk about congregations and churches. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, we talked about politics. We talked about family. We talked about theology. Uh, we talked about all the things that everybody likes to talk about. But the great thing about it, we were laying on our backs, looking up at the stars, waiting to see an alleged meteor shower that we might or might not be able to enjoy. And in our conversation... We kind of got laughing about, because preachers can get real heavy sometimes, and we would, like, give ourselves a break. Say, you know, what of it? All, all, what of it? Just you make your list of the things that, that concern you or that you'd want to talk about, because there are meteors flying across the sky. And the perspective of all the things that we might be concerned about in the light of a, just a few minutes one way or the other around the orbit of the sun that we might actually see 
a meteor. By the way, it was less than spectacular. I think we saw four. Okay? Stayed up late, late in the cold, looking to the stars. But I got to tell you, probably one of the best things I've done in months. In terms of helping me and, 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 all, and my brothers and sisters who, see, who search for God's purpose in the world and purpose for our lives and purpose for the church. And um, this hymn, Watchmen Tell Us of the Night, um, was also written by a, a journeyer, a faithful person, seeking to, to get some sense of what it is that God is doing in the world and how to give ourselves direction. Um, his name was John Boring. Uh, he was a young and idealistic linguist. He was a poet. And so the hymn that you just heard was a poem written by this uh, British diplomat. He was sent to the East and the Far East in about 1860s. Um, and he was young and he was idealistic and he wasn't known for being particularly effective, but he was known for being insightful. Uh, they sent him to these places that at that time the British Empire, the sun never set on the British Empire. And so they were all over the place and he found himself in the East and the Far East trying to figure out, well, what, what is God's purpose in this world? What is going to happen in this world? And he turned to the Holy Scriptures, which he read every day. And he found this obscure passage about a watchman and a watchtower, and he wrote this poem. And he considered himself to be a traveler, not unlike the traveler in Isaiah's prophecy, trying to make sense of the world. And when he found this, this oracle of Isaiah's, um, between the traveler and the watchman, somehow he, he was encouraged by it because in this poem, the acknowledgement of the growing darkness is right there. Watchman, tell us of the night. What's going on? I mean, I, I hear this and I hear that and I don't know what's coming. And, and the, 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 from the watchtower says, yes, it's dark out, but there's a star ascending. And he was encouraged to think of himself as a traveler needing to ask directions and getting what he needed. And that really is the gospel message. That's why I hope you're here today. That, that you too consider yourself a traveler on a faith journey. And you're here this morning to get some encouragement, to get some direction, to get some sense of who you are, who God is, what God is doing, and how you can make a difference. That's why I'm here. That's why we laid on the ground uh, and gathered with others who also seek this. And so let me give a little of the perspective that, that comes, I think, by laying on your back and looking at the night sky and thinking about time and the generation that you live in. Um, I believe that whether, even in 1689, when Isaiah wrote his prophecy and the geopolitical situation was uncertain, uh, it was no different for Isaiah than perhaps uh, Martin Luther, who I also consider a, a prophet, in the 1480s. And he found himself up against the powers that be in the Vatican and the papal authority, and he started reading Scripture. And he said, well, wait a minute. Some of the things I read in Scripture don't cotton with what the, the papal authorities are telling me to do. And, and he found himself saying, well, I stand here and I can do no other and he became a light 
And he made a difference. A hundred years later in the 1509, uh, John Calvin was born. And he also found himself in a time where information was changing. You no longer had to look to priests and people who spoke Latin that you could print it and and hand out Bibles to, to people who read German. It was German at the time. And they could read it for themselves. Spend the time getting information straight from the scriptures. In, uh, in the 1700s, an uh, Anglican priest named John Wesley uh, began sharing this idea of scriptural holiness among the people of, Eng- of the England of his day, believing that the, the, the nation could be reformed if the people became steeped in looking to the words of Holy Scripture for the love and the grace of God to guide them. 1929, in Atlanta, uh, a young man was born, the grandson of, and son of pastors. His name was Martin Luther King. And, uh, and, and he grew up to be one who encouraged people to look to the gospel message of Jesus Christ and make a difference in this world that would transform the, the nation, redeem the culture, move us in the direction that God would take us, always saying because it is God who is going to bring that day, the promised day of Israel. And among these are many other faithful Christians throughout the generations that have spent their time, or I'd say more time in Scripture than they did reading the newspaper or going on the Internet, certainly going on the Internet, or reading, uh, you know, the, the latest blog. They steep themselves in these sacred texts that have been passed down from generation to generation, sometimes hard to read because they're written in different languages, but nonetheless, they, they spent their energy and their time searching for God in the scriptures to be inspired, to be encouraged, to get perspective on truth. And so in this Advent season, as you yourselves, like me and my friends, we, we're no different than they. We like to get good information. We like to think that we're clever enough to, if we get good information, make right and transformative decisions. But it is a statement of faith that says, it's not just from media or the internet or other people that I know and have conversations with that I look to for my good information. There's an extraterrestrial source. The scriptures and our songs at Christmas time talk about that star, that thing that is above us, that is seemingly beyond us, that provides light for us. And we, like Isaiah's traveler, consider ourselves to be on a journey. And what I would put before you is for those who would turn to the scriptures who are on their journey looking to navigate your way through this life with, you know, your family, your friends, your business, your school, whatever it is, we're all trying to navigate. We're trying to make good decisions. We are under the myth that if we have good information, then we will make the best decisions. But we know that's not true because we all make bad decisions. We all find ourselves lost and in the darkness. And that's usually the time we turn out and say, Oh God, 
Send me a star to guide me. And so while there are many sources of information, some reliable, some unreliable, what I would put before you in this Advent season is spend some time immersed in the Scriptures. The story of the light of God that is rising and bringing to fruition the love and the grace and the mercy and the steadfast love that is promised to God's people and has been through the generations. In Isaiah's prophecy, we hear the gospel message. We hear the gospel message that no matter what trials or temptations or darkness that you may face, or we may face, it is the love of God that will triumph in the end. I'll say that one more time. No matter what trials or temptations or darkness or hurdles or difficulties or fears that you have, it is the love of God that will triumph in the end. So do not conduct yourself in this world conforming to the good information you might have, but instead conform yourself to the light that comes from God that shines into our darkness through the scriptures beyond the geopolitical situation that you think you may have a handle on because you don't. Any more than Isaiah knew all about the Babylonians and the Assyrians or the disciples knew about the Romans and Jerusalem or through the generations the Vatican and, and, and Europe or the north and the south and the United States or a revolution and monarchy. People have always found it. So which, where's the good information? Capitalism, socialism, democracy, authoritarianism. It's going on and it will continue to go on. But it will be the light of the love of God. That God's people search for in holy scriptures. That will bring us back time and time and time again. To this hope that we can make a difference in this world. If you conduct yourselves in the way of love, if you put love first, trust in the promise of God that if you will put love first, that God's love will triumph in the end in ways that you cannot imagine. One of my favorite recent stories has been a story about a, a teacher and aid worker in Arizona. Uh, apparently his heart went out to many of the illegal immigrants who were crossing the desert in Arizona to get to the United States, and hundreds of them were dying in the desert because it's not really a smart thing to go into the desert and try to get somewhere. Hey, come on in, guys. <laughs> um, so he took it upon himself and a group of others to put caches of food and water and shelter in the desert where people had been found perishing. Well, apparently that went up against the immigration regulations of the United States of America, and he was arrested and put on trial, trial not once but twice for his activities. And not once but twice he was acquitted by a jury of people who refused to make humanitarian compassion illegal. Now, did he break the law? I suppose so. But the law of the land also puts human beings, you and I, any one of you could have been on that jury. Any one of you could have been in a situation where the opportunity to, to, to reach out in love and compassion and to help somebody came your way and you were able to be a part of making a difference. 
I hope that would come from your willingness to look beyond yourself and beyond whatever the current geopolitical situation might be. And it's not that, that the gospel calls us to ignore or uh, defy cultural norms. Sometimes it does. Or defy government regulations. Sometimes it does. Or whatever the emperor says or whatever rules of the purpose, purposes in the institutions that we're a part of. But it's that God does call us to when you get an opportunity to make a difference, to do something good, to put love first, do that. Let the consequences fall where they may. And trust that God's going to be the one that ultimately is going to bring the light. You see, we're the ones in Isaiah's oracle who are journeying. The watchman says, keep going, take the next step. The dawn is coming, the star is rising. Read your scriptures, stay encouraged. Do not lose hope, walk with Jesus. And you will encounter someone along that way who you can help. And you should do it. I have another clergy friend, uh, uh, Collins, who's the pastor at Wesley Memorial United Methodist Church here in Charlottesville. And about a year ago, he met somebody who he could help. Her name was Maria, and she was an illegal immigrant. And uh, he had this really brilliant idea that he brought to the church. that says, hey, let's bring her into our church and let her stay there. That was a year ago. He had an opportunity to do something good. And I cannot imagine within that congregation and all the logistics of what has to go on to make that kind of thing. I mean, you know, it just stacks up and stacks up and gets bigger. It doesn't get smaller. And I don't know how it's going to turn out, neither does he. But he had an opportunity to do something good. And he's sticking with it. And I believe that God's going to make something amazing out of it. Um, <clears throat> we're on a journey here at First United Methodist Church. You're on a journey in your life. Uh, Beth and I, we love to walk. We, we love to hike. We love to get out in the woods. Um, I, I do think that you can't spend enough time out in creation. It's, it's one way to, to stay in touch with the extraterrestrial forces, okay? We get so wrapped up in our own human stuff. Uh, we love to walk. One, one of our favorite places to walk is on the beach. And uh, there for a while, we went every year. And every time we walk on the beach, Beth tends to tell this story again. We only get out there once a year. She goes, you remember that story about the couple that was walking on the beach as the tide was going out? And they noticed that as the tide went out, there were thousands and millions of starfish that were being left on the beach. And they were going to bake in the sun and all perish. And uh, one, one of the couple reaches down and picks up a starfish and throws it back in the ocean. They walk a little farther, reaches down, takes the starfish, throws it back in the ocean, right? And, and the other one says, what are you doing? There's millions of starfish. They're all going to bake in the sun and perish. You're not going to make a difference. And the other one walked down, picked up another starfish, threw it in the ocean, and said, made a difference to that one. So many reasons not to do things that don't make sense or we think will never work, right? That's never going to work. The prophet 
Isaiah tells us we are travelers. We are walking into a, a dark night where we can't see everything that's going to happen. And we are to say, show us a guiding star. Give us the encouragement. And the watchman, the message from God is keep going. Take the next step for God is bringing a light. The dawn is coming. Walk into it. And make a difference when you can. Amen.